And a very good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Breakfast with Pat and no heels today. So we're setting out a, uh, a get well quick to heels. He's feeling crook and he's been laid low. So off the bench comes a Broncos great, 300 plus gamer, Corey Parker. Now, vital question. Since it was a late call-up, have the kids got food for school today? <laughs> yeah, morning, mate. Yeah, back by popular demand. No, who am I kidding? Just get the old call-up when heels is no good to go. Um, yeah, no, the kids will be fine. They've uh, they've done this one once or twice before. Packed their lunch last night, Paddy, so they just got to pick it out of the fridge and walk to school. What have they got, pretty... Vegemite sandwiches or No, something? no, chicken and mayonnaise, cheese, oh. bread rolls today oh. and some what? fruit and all the above, yeah. Okay, so what does Margot do? We know she's mm. otherwise occupied in the mornings as well. Well, she just rolls out the door and <laughs> shuts it. And... So you do the lot, Well, basically. they're self-sufficient, our kids, so that, that's very handy. They're not. Uh, you don't need to micromanage them too much, so it's, it's pretty handy when that's able to happen. I'm relieved. All right, Heels, uh, if you're listening, get well soon, mate. He's uh, not listening at all. <laughs> you reckon he's laid he's up? He's laid up? right up. He's got the covers over him, just trying to recoup. Well, to tell you the truth, I did a I did a function at the Cricketers' Club last night for Veterans Cricket. There's a big national carnival on here, and uh, Darren Lehman was one of the guest mm. speakers. He'd spoken to Heels yesterday. They are supposed to be going to the wedding event of uh, the cricketing year okay. in Perth. They were both due to fly out tomorrow afternoon to James Brayshaw's wedding, Okay, uh, which included, you know, the private trip over to Rottnest oh, and I geez. think a wine tasting at Adam Gilchrist Place and all that sort of thing. But uh, I think Hills has pulled the pin. Mm. So he's he's genuinely crook. I could take his spot for that. Yeah, too, of course you could. Yeah, I mean, well, I figure the airfares have been booked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to uh, to take his spot there. <laughs> if, if the airlines have kind of stayed true to form, <laughs> he won't be getting that money back any time soon. 2026, he might see some of that. Hey, we're here for Burbank Homes, the builders you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and the all new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. Uh, plus, Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We'd love you to join us. If you've got anything to talk about, obviously, uh, Corey being here, we'd uh, we'd like to discuss the, the draw. We had a Terry Reader on yesterday. He was diplomatic, but the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is open. 13 13 55, text line 0467 736 736. He was diplomatic. He's well, he always, has to be. He's always CEO. diplomatic. <laughs> but but like, let's let's get fair, Dink. I mean, all the, the, you know, to the people at home that want to call in, I mean, uh, there's been some absolute rubbish Throwing the way of the Dolphins, if you mm. if you support the Dolphins and some other teams for that matter, but um, in particular the Dolphins. Yeah. So, like Pete Madel's story today. I mean, we knew about the the every game pre Origin. I think they're the only team there. So the likes of Hammer, Gilbert, Flegler, if they're fit and firing, will yeah. be part of that Maroon squad. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, so they're going to lose them mm. a week prior to three games straight during the Origin Series, which is a big blow for a young club. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we saw what sort of damage, I suppose, the depth or lack of depth uh, did to the Dolphins, yeah. you know, this season or the season that's just gone. Uh, started so well, their depth got tested and they sort of faded out towards the back and they've been handed a very similar, um, you know, draw, which mm. we just sort of touched on there. But, I mean, the big one for me, how did the NRL get it wrong when they put, the biggest clash, yeah. round 26, the Dolphins up against the Brisbane Broncos. That's uncool. And River Final. But River Final. Like, are we serious? When half a million people are, are saying are moving around the city. Well, as you know, I'm uh, South Bank based. Yes. And River Fire is... You know, well, it's great viewing from your penthouse yeah. at South Bank. <laughs> yeah, well, from the balcony. Up, up yeah. on the top. <laughs> but... 
Yeah, I mean, the city is moving and they're knocking on a football game. No. Like, and, and we know that, you know, Terry was ex- exceptionally proud yesterday, saying in particular a couple of games that were, you know, didn't count for finals. Mm. They were out of running for finals and they were still pulling 30-odd people through the gates. But uh, this ain't helping. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, I didn't know the river fire angle mm. until I've read Pete's story today. Yeah. And, yeah, boy, oh, boy. I yeah. mean, the other one there is, is Magic Round. Obviously, it's just a gathering, uh, a carnival-like atmosphere. They've yeah. got the, the Dolphins playing the very last game, 6.20 or 6.30 on yeah. Sunday night against the mighty West, West Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. I mean, by that point, Everyone's had far too many drinks, too much sun, and they just want to go home yeah. and get ready for Monday. So another uh, another low blow there for the Dolphins. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, as we said, we had Terry Reader on the show yesterday, and he was diplomatic, but uh, I would have found it very hard to hold my tongue if yeah. I was him. Hey, uh, <laughs> the other one, I don't know whether you've seen it, but a lot of clubs have got into the social media thing around the draw this year in I different have, ways. yes. But um, the Dragons were doing mimes mm. uh, and Jack Bird has produced a brown paper bag with money flowing out. And, and, uh, is that, who are they playing there? The, well, yeah, Cole, is, it the, is it the Roosters? Yeah, <laughs> Kyle Flanagan has had to have a guess and he said, the Roosters uh, in round whatever it was. You know. <laughs> so Uncle Nick's not happy. No, he wouldn't be. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick Polite's not happy. So he said... It's uh, stupid and it's just jealousy. You know? Well, it's funny that because Kyle Flanagan started at the Roosters. Maybe he knows a little inside goss. <laughs> well, they're not calling it a salary cap. They're calling it the salary sombrero. Yes, it's always been dubbed that. <laughs> and they reckon that uh, the Dragons fans should be wearing their sombreros for the match. But, yes, uh, Uncle Nick not happy. Uh, and, of course, you know, they're also looking now. He's saying that Joseph Suolihi, he said, will do his four-year stint in rugby. And he said he'll be back. He'll be mm. back to the Roosters by 2028. Uh, and that yeah, he leaves for rugby in October next year. And, of course, they're also – yeah, I've, I've managed to make a rod for my own back trying to pronounce it. Mark uh, Nawanga Nitawazi, mm. who is this unbelievable winger from the Wallabies. He's, geez, he's a good player. But they're having a chat to him. So well. Dom Young and and potentially Mark, yeah. <laughs> this fantastic winger from the Wallabies, mm. is able just to roll on into uh, Bondi and – Get a tricolours jersey. Yeah. So uh, coming up on the show today, we've got Robert Crash Craddock. He'll talk uh, World Cup. We might also ask him about the league. Um, at the function I did last night, Carl uh, Rackerman, who's spent time in South Africa, a mm. coach Zimbabwe, uh, has a good view on on things in South Africa. We mentioned it on the show yesterday. What have they been? Uh, 1991, they were readmitted to global sport. And there's been 16 major World Cups mm. since then, and they haven't reached the final once. Mm. So I I hate using the word chokers. I've, I've never, ever found it a journalist's place to use the word chokers for someone who hasn't played. What if you have any... played? And, and Can you throw the word choker you, out? You can, yes. Okay. <laughs> for someone who's played quite a few Origin games, 340-odd uh, NRL matches, yes, you can just say with pretty much whatever you like. But... Um, yeah, look, it'd be interesting to see what Mocker's got to say about this. I mean, yeah. uh, Darren Lehman also had his say last night. He did say, actually, just on that, and I'll ask him about it, uh, he reckons the location for this game tomorrow night, or tonight, I should say, mm. India and New Zealand, he reckons New Zealand's are half a chance of upsetting. Well, they've done it before. Yeah. They did it last World Cup. You imagine if that happens. Boy. The Indians are not getting, don't even, don't even reach the final. Hey, the only other one that I wanted to mention... Um, there's been some good news for the Cowboys. 
uh, in the James Maloney's going up there, uh, 2020 or 2016 Dalian medalist, couple of time premiership. He's going up there as a tack coach and he'll relink with Chad Townsend. Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah, he's a great appointment there. I mean, the, the people who know Jimmy off, on the field, he's absolute pest. And But yeah. uh, the one thing he does bring is just that being that ability to win. He wants to win at all costs. Yeah. Uh, and whilst he's in his infancy with his coaching career, um, he's got some good young people up there. They've got a, a great system. Uh, I think he's a good appointment, to be fair. Uh, well, the question long-term is, if he gonna, is he going to have Tommy Dearden to work? Well, the short answer to that, Paddy, is no. If they're potentially offering him what we're reading, mm. $2 million over three years at 650000 they will lose Tommy Dearden very quickly. I mean, he's arguably up there with Ezra, Ezra Mam as the best young talent in yeah. the competition. I mean, the competition's not – we're not – uh, we don't have these superstar five eights and halfbacks just running around willy nilly. So yeah. the ones that you do have, you need to lock them up. So if they're fair income about Tom Deard, and I absolutely love everything about Tom Deard, particularly his tenacity and his competitiveness, they're things you can't teach. Skill you can, um, and he has that in abundance. If they don't want to value that and they don't want to lock him up, and they're potentially going to throw six fifty, they'll get blown out of the water. There's yeah. some clubs south of the border uh, that are cashed up, ready to go. And, and your one comes straight to mind is is the Dragons. Obviously, Benny Hunt, uh, will he be there much longer? You'd probably say no. He's 34 years of age. He's mm. taking out 1.2 on the cap. Yeah, he could be a clean swap. So yeah. if the Cowboys don't want to move financially, they will lose Tommy Dearden. So they're saying about Ezra, he's you know he's the bargain buyer of the century right at the moment on yes. about a quarter of a million. They're going to have to say say three times that seven fifty maybe eight hundred thousand. Yeah, they'll have to do something with an eight, I think, yeah. to, so, to compete with with what's going on from the other sixteen clubs. And you're putting Dearden in that league, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And we've seen what Tom Dearden can do. Um, you know, he's in the top, you know three or four, yeah. five eights in the competition. He played State of Origin, come into the furnace, hadn't played a game before, held his hands up, did a terrific job. Yeah. He is one hell of a player. He's right up there with uh, uh, you know, Ezra Mam, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. The quality halves are like gold, aren't yes. they? And expect to get paid in gold too. That's, well, that's it. And they know that. And the managers know that even better. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously managed by... Uh, Sam, Ayub, Ayub, yeah. Sam Ayub up there. So he had uh, Jonathan Thurston. So he knows a thing or two about halfbacks. Uh, Stu, uh, who's always in early from Jim Boomer, can't believe how little the Sydney NRL teams have to travel next season. Massive advantage for them. Broncos, once again, short chains with lots of Thursday and Friday night games. Yeah, look, I, what's the feeling within the within Red Hill? Do they like to play the occasional Sunday game? I think they've only got one, haven't they? Well, the thing with it is uh, they, every Sydney club despises the Broncos because they're on Friday nights. Yeah. And the thing with that is there's obviously – Two games on a Friday. Yeah. One of those is, early, is for early for Fox. One of those is obviously with uh, mainstream with Channel 9. One's in Queensland, one's not. Uh, and that's just been how it is. Yeah. So if you're south of the border, you you, you, dis- you, just, you despise the fact that the Broncos play Friday nights and they get this real, yeah. you know, nice run. But from a player's point of view, you want to play Sunday afternoon in Brisbane, which yeah. is seldom what you know, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, sunny Sunday, winter oh, is afternoon. There's nothing better. Yeah. There's nothing better in Brisbane, but uh, they got to they got to go to the bright lights on a Friday night. Yeah, so. look, but to be fair, you know, with me coming from the other angle, being with a broadcaster, not necessarily the NRL broadcaster mm. for a long time, but we've had the AFL. I mean, AFL Friday night rates its backside off. It does. So you know, you want the best game on. So if you're confronted with say a Lions team, 
that mm. has made the final this year, made the grand final, against, and, and a Broncos team that has made the grand final. I tell you what, if you're Channel 9 or Channel 7, broadcast-wise, you want them playing when you're going to get most watching. Well, everyone's got their say. Everyone's yeah. got their say when it comes to this uh, this draw that's coming yeah, out. Well, broadcasters have a fair way. Everyone's <laughs> got a say, and it's manipulated <laughs> to some degree, and you won't tell me otherwise. So, Vanessa's here. When do you like to see the Lions play, Vanessa? Well, I come from a fan perspective and right. as a parent of younger children mm-hmm. and afternoon all the way, twilight, yes. <laughs> because I don't want to get home at 11 o'clock, especially, you know, oh, Thursday night, bright lights at the Gabba. Yeah. I don't want an 8pm Thursday game when we've got to get up for work and school in the morning. Yeah. So, no, I love a an afternoon twilight. Well, the Parker kids are getting chicken and mayo sandwiches today. What are yours getting for school? Uh, I don't know. I don't do lunch boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no idea. All right, what's happening news-wise? <laughs> okay, look, just when we thought we were finally getting past it, uh, there are concerns over the latest spike in COVID. COVID around Queensland, which has actually landed 245 people in hospital across the state at the moment. And so the AMA is actually calling for more information, a bit more action, and uh, particularly masks, saying we should be going back to masks in places like hospitals, planes, public gatherings, crowded areas, GP clinics, areas like that. But the state government says there are no plans to reintroduce any mask rules. So I guess uh, this wave is still increasing at the moment. They are expecting it to peak before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So yes, we just hope those people affected are doing okay. Uh, Now, very concerning stats today as well about the rates of cybercrime in Australia. There were 94,000 reports of cybercrimes in the past 12 months. That's one every six minutes, a 23% rise. And that's, of course, only the ones reported. So Mm. the true picture is actually much worse than that. And just the, the basic advice is just be aware, be vigilant. One of the most common cybercrimes is phishing and that is links sent to you in text messages, emails. They might be pretending to come from your bank or your workplace or a telco or a, a company. They're the blue things, do not Yes. Do not <laughs> click on those links from the unknown numbers. Or it might be email addresses that are similar to something but might have a number at the end or, you know, just do not click on them. Uh, Otherwise, you are definitely at risk. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, every year, the Australian National Dictionary Centre selects a word or an expression that has gained prominence in Australia over the past year. Oh, yeah. What is it? And the 2023 word has been crowned. It's Matilda after our women's football team. And so traditionally, it's a German word. And in the 1880s, it was adopted here in Australia as the name for a swag or a bag of possessions. Um, But of course, then it came to prominence as well in the song Waltzing Matilda. So it's had quite quite an Australian kind of theme to it. And uh, of course, then as our national team, which was Mm. all the rage uh, during the World Cup. And so um, Matilda is the word of the year. Actually, Mm. speaking of that, Robbie Slater's had a column today saying, hey, the Matildas are just going gangbusters, sold out every match in Perth and everyone loves them, blah, blah, blah. Socceroos have slipped quietly to Melbourne for this uh, Mm. World Cup qualifier against Bangladesh on tomorrow night. Without a whole heap of fanfare. He's not happy. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, uh, and this will be be for you too, uh, definitely listening, boys, and I'll add and Vanessa, 
Uh, maintain the standards, please. Thanks, Corey. That's from Heels. Jeez. So he is listening. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maintain the, pump the now. standards. <laughs> <laughs> Not improve. He doesn't want you to improve the standards. Just, just keep. He doesn't yeah. want just you to be too good. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's normally what happens. You want the, you want the show to continue to go on, but yeah. let's not go too far. No. Lance has got a bit of advice for me. So, morning, Paddy and Parks. Uh, Lance from the Goldie. Paddy being the absolute gentleman, uh, you are to replace chokers with bridesmaid. Okay, we can use it. Well, let's hope we can say there's still bridesmaids come Friday morning, Lance. All right, let's uh, get to a break. Thank you, Vanessa. Corey Parker joining us in the studio today with Hills Ill Disposed. Robert Crash Craddock is joining us as well. Crash, a very good morning to you. Uh, you'll hear both these semi finals on SEN and the final on Sunday. Um, business end now, and uh, we had Tommy Hackett on earlier. India going to this match as hot, hot favourites. They do, uh, Pat and Corey. But you know what? It would just be a typical New Zealand thing to do, to just just when you give them no chance at all. And we've all accepted a formality that India moved through to the final, that New Zealand do in New Zealand. And uh, when you a bit, they're a bit like the Queensland State of Origin time, just... So just when you completely rule them out, they come roaring back into the fray. So I'm intrigued tonight. Say New Zealand bat first and put 280 on the board. You know, it's a, it's a game. Yeah, I, look, again, I've, I've repeated it from earlier on in the show. Did a function last night where Darren Lehman was there, um, and he just said this wicket, uh, Kendi, will, will be very much in, he thinks, in New Zealand's favour. Yeah, it's interesting because they've sort of got everything covered in their attack. They've got a couple of nice spinners and the metronomical pace of blokes like Trent Bolt, who I just think is a great anchor man in the final. But what I do like is they bat well down the order. Their tail can get runs. They've got experience. They've got youth. I like them. They had a flat spot where they lost four in a row early in the tournament. And I thought that would be the end of them. But uh, have to say this, though, India are looking fabulous. You know, like we've when every statistical column you look up, it's just at the top. India, run scorers, India, India, wicket takers, India, India, apart from Adam Zampa, of course. But uh, they're strong and they're mighty. Paddy, when the IPL started in 2008, we all sort of thought, oh, India will produce this wonderful white ball international team. Well, it took them a while. Yeah. And they still haven't won a World Cup since then. So this is their chance. Well, you know one of Buff's reasonings? He reckons they've only no. got only got the five bowlers. And he said if yep. one of yep. them if one of them cops some tap, he said he believes they could be vulnerable because they don't have a fallback. He said, What's the fallback? Coley? And he said, Look, mm-hmm. he said yep. he said they haven't copped tap yet. But he mm-hmm. said if one of them is exposed, all of a sudden, this match could be wide open again. Yeah, and look, I know that he's, there's no doubt about Buff, he's plugged in, isn't he? Because I know behind closed doors, from the minute that Hardik Pandya, their all-rounder, was ruled out, um, that was going to be Australia's game plan. They've got a spinner called Cool Dip Yudel, who's very good, but you might just be able to jump him on the day and, and really have a good old red-hot rattle at him. And if that is the case, you're right. There is no six bowler. They've got some supplementary spinners who can bowl two or three overs here. But that, and, and you know, 10 overs is a long time if you start badly. Like it's it sort of, if, if someone goes for 30 off his first three, suddenly he's thinking, my goodness me, what's happened to me today? So that is their chink. 
no doubt about it, but uh, it hasn't been exposed yet. I mean, let's put it this way, Pat. Australia's leading seamer, Australia's placement haven't done much at all, really, in this tournament. Josh Hazelwood, 12 wickets. Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark, 10 each at 40. Mm. Uh, India's seamers have. Boomer has been great. Shami's been great. And and their spinner, of course, uh, Jadeja, has been wonderful. Crash, great to talk to you, mate. Sometimes when you come into these big games, particularly in World Cups, and you're the form team of the comp, uh, like India are, New Zealand need to find a way to unsettle them. So what would be their best opportunity to do that? Oh, definitely, for mine, bat first mm. and go hard early to have India thinking, gosh, for all our dominance in the in the competition, and look at them, they're none for 50 or five overs, and rattle them, go mm. hard early. It, the best time to bat's in the first 10 overs sometimes in India when the ball's hard. But these are great semifinals, Corey. I mean, Australia versus South Africa is just one of the greats tomorrow night. Like, South Africa have a history of choking in the World Cup and haven't even made a World Cup final. Never mind win one. And, and you think of all the 50-over and 20-over World Cup finals, they mate. They always get beaten mm. in the semis. And this is the semis, so... <laughs> I just, there's all sorts of historical hoodoos to overcome in that one. And like, uh, like if I was Australia, I'd be batting first too, putting a few runs on the board and just saying, oh boys, it's a bit of a scary chase for you. Given that history and all its challenges. Hey, what yeah. do you think? Well, where are you sitting? Marnus or Marcus? Uh, I, I, I like Labuschagne ahead of Stoinis because I just believe heavy duty finals are won by heavy duty players. And he's such a scrapper who will lift in the moment, Labuschagne. Is he a classical one-day player? No. No, he's not. But he's, he's all action in the field. If, you, if he left, you would miss him in the field. And I feel Stoinis's form's been overrated. He's only bowled 19 overs in the tournament. And I think he's made 150 in his last 30-odd uh, one-day start. So go for the form player, the heavy-duty player. That's me. But uh, there's no guarantee that he's there, Labuschagne. They may drop him. They, they might. But uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I just feel he brings a certain... Corey, you would know. Like, I'm tr- All right, I'll put you on the spot, Corey Parker. Mm. Name me a player who mightn't have had the stats or the whatevers, but you just thought, oh, I just don't like the thought of him not being in our team. Yeah, well, there's plenty of those players, and particularly, uh, you know, for in a rugby league sense. But you need those players part of your side. And as I was going to ask you, what, what you you love to you, you know forecast? Who's the two big headlines from tonight and tomorrow? I, I would say oh, the risky headline tonight is um, uh, Trent Bolt runs through uh, India, shock exit for the World Cup. That'd Ooh, be the big there one. There you go. And tomorrow it could be South Africa. <laughs> Poor old South Africa. I've got so many South African <laughs> friends, but South Africa choke again. It's all, and that old saying, four more years, boys. But uh, but I, I think, you know, they're, uh, I like the way Australia's played in this tournament. They've warmed into it. It was a very long tournament. They, they Every game there's been a missing piece, but they still get there. You know, like the three fast bowlers are not in that great a form. If they've won seven in a row, it, it's mm. like, it's quite an effort. So uh, it's been a good tournament. My feeling is that Glenn Maxwell's double century could actually save this format, you know, the, the 50-over format. It's in incredible challenge from T20s, but yeah. he's shown what, what a great game it can be. Yeah, well, the, amongst the chats that I've had lately with uh, Darren Lehman, uh, he's not a great fan of South Africa. Crash, could you understand why? 
Oh, yeah. After the got a couple. Well. <laughs> he's got a couple on his, up his sleeve he's not a fan of. Yeah. Well, he, he, it was interesting because, you know, we're, we're reaching that stage now where uh, David Warner is probably close to retirement. He signed a contract to write a book. Uh, and, and they're very specific with books these days, Corey. You know, you've got to tell the whole story if you're going to take the big buck. So does he tell the whole ball tampering story as in who knew and who didn't? I mean, it's volcanic. Of course um, he won't. Given that he signed, of course he won't crash. You know that. Well, no. He, 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 He's he going to throw his help, mates Corey. under the bus. Are they his mates? How do you, oh, are they? Well, are they? I don't know. Well, they've... Uh. Well, they won't be. They definitely won't be, and he'll have a few offside if he does throw and tell the whole story. It'd be a great read, though. Well, oh, it would be a great read. Like, put it this way. He's got to sit in the Fox Sports commentary box. He signed a contract mm. beside the likes of Pat Cummins in the future. So who knew what? You know what I mean? Were they on the same page? And I don't know. I don't know who knew, but, but I do know. It was interesting. Mark Bosnich, the soccer player, got offered a million dollars to write his autobiography. And he just, he, he said, no, it must die within me. I would offend too many people and it's not worth it. And I sort of hope for David Waters' sake, Corey, he goes the same way because he, he and Candace have got a, a good life ahead of them at Fox Sports. Mm. And, uh, and, and I know deep within him, he must be desperate to tell the full story because don't underestimate, mate, he, sp- he was banned for a year when everyone else played on and no one got the finger pointed at him apart from Smith and Bancroft. So... You know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a. Uh, I could understand it if you felt strongly about the truth coming out. Okay, mm. yeah, that's that's very interesting. You're right. If you're a publisher and paying a fortune for a name to write a book, you want the whole the whole truth and nothing but the truth, don't you? Well, well, I've got no idea what he's been. No cricketers of his stature. Uh, normally the fee somewhere between around it would be no less than six hundred thousand, and it'd be probably no more than nine hundred thousand. Yeah. But it's that they do get in that region, and I tell you what, you don't pay that to say, oh, I, I woke up really well that day and had hit a lovely cover drive, and the boys celebrate. <laughs> you, know, you, you want the untold story, don't you? And uh, cricket books aren't what they were, um, Paddy. I was just thinking the other day. In November, my, my desk used to be covered with cricket books, like from yeah. in the mail, and, and I'm sure yours was too. I haven't had a single one this year. You know, yeah, okay. well, I'll tell you yeah. something. The the price of books have gone up. When I wrote my book back in, <laughs> back in 2016, it's a little bit different to what Warner's getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh... Well, it, it's just it, books go – uh, books go nationally, and um, uh, you know they can sort of uh, internationally cricket books like that. If they if they think you can sell around the globe, that they they, uh, they attract a big price. And yeah, Warner's a global up. seller. Hey, just quickly, you've uh, branched out today. You're talking about Joseph Suwalihi in the in the paper today. Yeah, I, I just think that he could be a worse buy for rugby than Eddie Jones, and if you raise your eyebrows at that. Eddie, but Eddie was eaten there for 11 months and gone. And Suli, he is not because he can't play. It's because he has ignited two big bushfires for rugby union. One, he set rugby league on a vengeance mission to now steal rugby union players by giving salary cap concessions. So rugby league will win this war. They will sign union players. And the second one is, and here's 
I'll put this back to you, Corey Parker. Mm. When a player is paid a wage that is so palpably out of whack to his teammates and he's on $1.7 million a year, the winger on the other side, whoever he's going to be, is probably on half of that. Uh, it just throws out the contract system. I mean, you're going to have players in there full of jealousy trying to get more. And I remember, who was that? Um, uh, was it Martin Kennedy? I went to the Broncos yep. on a big wage and he didn't really produce. And yep. uh, one of our sideline eyes once heard a player say to him in the heat of battle, hey, mate, you're on 600 grand a year. You take it up. Mm, <laughs> yeah, but well, it can happen, can't it? You know, just... Well, it certainly can. Look, the, the thing I disagree with you there, Crash, and I know you're not having a crack at his ability because I think Joseph Phil, his best rugby or, or, or even league is still ahead of him. He's he's a wonderful human being. He'd be the he'd be the the, the pinup boy for rugby, which is what they needed. And from his point of view, was able to capitalise on where the game of rugby union is currently at. Like they are on their knees, so they needed somebody to really sort of pin up, uh, and, and Joseph is certainly that guy. He handles himself beautifully. He's a you know, very clean, you know, family-orientated guy. Uh, will he be back in rugby league? I think he will be, as you mentioned. And the rugby league, you know, they can see the blood in the water. They can just, you know, see what is going on. And, and you know, now there's going to be some compensations where they can go and poach rugby union players. But that's not, you know, that's happening on a, on a grassroots level as we speak. I mean, that's the reason why Suwali and Cam Murray and, you know, Crichton and the likes of you know, Penasini, why they're playing rugby leagues, because there's been no financial benefit for these younger mm. players coming out of, you know, uh, that program. So uh, the disappointing thing f- from a rugby union's perspective is they 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 lose these players, and the only way to get them back is to pay them you know exorbitant amount of money to get them back. So uh, you know from a from a playing perspective, he will be a sensation in rugby. He'll be uh, mm. a wallaby for you know he'll play a host of caps over that you know. Um, you know, his duration there, but um, maybe he doesn't come back because he started off in rugby mm. union. He's a yeah. King's College boy. Maybe he doesn't come back to rugby league, but um, Uncle Nick seems to think that he will be back there at some day. point. All right, yeah. Crash. Do you know one th- Oh, sorry. No, gonna, no, no uh, keep going. One quick one, Corey. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say is <laughs> wingers in rugby union, there's two more players on the field, two more defenders. As John yeah. Connolly said, they sometimes don't get the space that they're used to. And the other thing is, is even if he has a great, really good career, it doesn't change the, this, the fact that if these salary cap concessions came in mm. for rugby league players, I think it's up another level, Ben. If you're saying you get 25% off if you sign a Wallaby, mm. you know what I mean? Off wowee. But, but it's a great discussion point. And, uh, but no, it's uh, nice to chat, lads. Yeah, always a great to talk to you, mate. Uh, Corey Miles, Chief uh, Sports Writer. Robert Crash Craddock joining us there before the World Cup semi-finals start tonight, and you'll hear them right here on SNQ. Thanks, Crash. Thank you. See yeah, you, guys. Redoomba this afternoon as racing action continues across the Sunshine State. You can check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Remember, though, chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit the gamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson, good morning to you. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Corey. Morning, mate. Hey, just quickly, uh, we had Robbie Dalen on yesterday, I think on uh, your advice, and uh, he was just fantastic, the Irish jockey. I mean, we know him from The Voice and all that sort of thing, but 
he, he's doing it a little tough up here. He's riding winners, but the family aren't with him. He was heading back to Sydney today to spend a couple of days with them, and he's got a young family. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's struck out and made some big career moves. He has. Uh, I'm not sure when the family are joining him. Hopefully hopefully it's soon. That'll make life a lot easier for him. But, uh, yeah, he, he did well on Saturday, of course, riding extremist, uh, getting a home in the Keith now. And he's been quite successful since he's been up here. He's got a suspension on the way and he's overcome that. And now he's riding winners. But have you uh, have you heard him sing, guys? Because he's got one hell of a singing voice. Well, I've only, you know, only on the TV, yeah. And, of course, he sang horses at uh, the Cox Plate when it was at last year. <laughs> Yeah, well, we uh, we had him on uh, on the punters mate a while back, and uh, we played that little bit from the voice, and yeah, he just uh, he's just got one heck of a voice. But he wants to concentrate on his uh, on his riding. He wants everyone to know that he's not about singing; he's about riding. So he's certainly doing a good job of that at the moment. In saying that, he's just done the cruise down to the Melbourne Cup and was doing shows on board the cruise ship. So, uh, oh, there, there you go. There's a nice little <laughs> learn on the way. side. I had a fair singing voice at the <laughs> Melbourne Cup by the end of it too. I've got no gig. How was it the next morning though? <laughs> yeah, very hoarse. Very <laughs> hoarse. Oh, <laughs> I like what you've done there. Hey, uh, just quickly before we uh, find out your thoughts on this Doombin meeting this afternoon, I see M. Rod who has got a couple, and he's linked with Robbie Heathcote. He's got a couple for Rob Heathcote this afternoon. Yeah, he's got three for Rob. He's got a first starter in Press Link in race five. He's riding Botontes first up in race three. That was race two, that first one, race two, number five. Race three, number one, Botontes. And he's riding, he liked them pretty in the last race, race eight, number eight. A lot of people like race eight, number eight, so there might be a few on that one. And Michael Rod, as we touched on on Monday, rode that winner on Friday night which was his first winner back, and uh, it certainly won't be his last. He'll get a lot of confidence out of that, and uh, the more winners he rides, the better it'll get. Yeah, and, and you checked it out for us, and we appreciate it. Uh, just not doing interviews at the moment. He doesn't really want to do – he's 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 compelled to do interviews after a race win, etc. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't want to do the full sit-down. And, and, look, I'm certain he'll talk to us at some stage. But, yeah, look, it's just great yes. to have him back. It is great to have him back because he's uh, he's one hell of a rider and uh, we know he's ridden Melbourne Cup winners and Derby winners and lots of Group 1 winners all over the place. And, yeah, that is the case. He, uh, he's not he's not keen to do any interviews or anything at this stage, which is which is fine. I fully respect that. He needs to get back to 100% fitness. Uh, uh, and, and, look, he's going to do those post-race ones and hopefully he does a lot of those because if he's doing a lot of those guys, he's riding a lot of winners and that's exactly what we want right. to see. All right. Well, I think uh, C. Parker's got uh, intentions of having a couple of small multis, etc. this afternoon. He's already been oh, co- well. frantically copying down <laughs> Tommy Hackett's thoughts on the World Cup. So we best get your Doombin thoughts. <laughs> well, it's a good day, actually. We're going to obviously get a, a, a dry track and a hot day. We might get a storm later on. But as far as these uh, fields go, they're quite good. It's, a quite good. it's quite a good midweek meeting. Now, race three, horse number nine, there's a couple of shorties in the mix here, but this one is black figures still. Uh, certainly can for Tony Gollan and Anne Jones. Now, she's a filly. She's only had one start. Now, we don't see Tony Gollan do this very often. He threw her straight into a listed race, uh, the Bill Carter at Doombin, back in May uh, during the early part of the Winter Carnival, and she ran a terrific third. She was wide all the way, and she uh, she kept finding the line well. So they sent her for a break. She's trialled up nicely. She's drawn well again, but I think she'll pick these up and put them away. I think she's pretty smart. As I said, they would not put her in that race, this stable, unless they thought she was. And I think she'll make a winning return here. So race three, number nine, certainly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, race four, 
the race four, this uh, horse that we all want to call Happysburg, number seven, that's pronounced Haysborough. Uh, he was a bit of an enigma. He had, uh, well, he had uh, Deceiver written all over him. It took him a long time to break that maiden status, but he's finally done it. He's gone on and won twice. So he's won two of his past four. He's really turned the corner. I think when Barry Lockwood uh, made some gear changes four starts back, that made all the difference. I think he's beautifully placed. He was about $5. Uh, okay. His run last start was good against the tempo. And he's look, he beat Porky two starts back at Ipswich, and he absolutely towed up Porky. And Porky's favourite in this race over, over Haysborough, and I can't work out why. So seven Haysborough, I think, will win race four. Uh, moving along quickly, I know you're uh, short on time. Number one in race five, Drial, a new addition to the Barry Lockwood stable. Lovely little trial recently at Eagle Farm. Jumped well, Paddy. Looked like leading. Then they just dragged her about him back through the field. And then he sliced through between runners late. Perfect little quiet trial for Drial, who I think can make a, a winning debut for the stable. Race five, number one. And I've got a one in the last at a bit of value. Race eight, number 12, sure to happen. Uh, Renita Beaton trains this one. Jag Guthman Chester will ride. First start winner at Mwillimbar. I love the way that uh, she stretched out late. Then she went to Eagle Farm on the 25th of October. Have a look at that run on the video. She's down on the fence. She can't get a clear crack at them, and she's been beaten just over a length. That was a good run. I like her drawn out a bit here. She'll get plenty of room to run on. So each way, race eight, number 12, sure to happen. All right. I love when these Northern River horses come up from midweek. I always think they're, they're hard well. to beat. I don't know. <laughs> Just it's one of my old betting philosophies. All right. Race three, the nine. Race four, the seven. Five, the one. And a bit of value in the lucky last. Race eight at 5.25 this afternoon. So we're going deep. Yeah. It's uh, number 12 each way for Chris Nelson. Chris, thank you, mate. We'll talk to you Friday. Pleasure, guys. Have a good day. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I don't know how, how late a night he had last night. Carl Rackman, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Pat. No no damage done last night, but it was a good fun night at the Gabba, wasn't it? Yes, a star of the show, yeah, with uh, the stories, your great stories of the SCG test and your legendary batting feats, etc. The, the, the one line that I did like, uh, he said, uh, I experienced something in a test match as a batsman I've never, ever experienced at all. Drinks. <laughs> he was actually there with the drink. He said it was, it was bloody great. He said they came out with hot and cold towels and orange juice and water. He said I've never been there for it as well. You were the star of the show last night. So too, Buff. Uh, he was very honest. Now, uh, we're going to talk World Cup. Uh, there wasn't a whole heap of love for South Africa in the room last night, was there? No, there wasn't. Um, asking for a show of hands, and there's a few got halfway up. But uh, <laughs> look, well, as. <laughs> as as you'd expect, Pat, I suppose, but this semi-final um, coming up tomorrow, uh, and the, obviously the big deal is the weather, but uh, South Africa have been terrific in the World Cup, let's face it, and, and so have we since our first two games where we lost. But, gee, we're coming home with a wet sail to this point, and the signs are good. Are you a Marnus or a Marcus man? Um... Gee whiz, look, there might be a circumstance where Marcus Stoinis just happens to be the man for the job with mm-hmm. just a few overs batting mm-hmm. remaining, and if that's the way it unfolds. But if our top-order batsmen do a really good job of it, that that won't occur. Um, 
And if the top-order batsman has a stumble, then that's when you need Marnus more than you need Marcus. Um, look, and we've got bowling options as it is, uh, and that's something South Africa doesn't have um, to quite the same extent. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think I would go with Marnus. Um, and, and if it reaches the stage and if he's in, he can certainly take it to another gear himself. Not He's not the six-hitter that uh, Marcus Stoinis is, but I just think on balance, um, the worst thing that can happen is if we get a few, lose a few early wickets and don't have the guys there that can get us through to 50 overs all of a sudden if there's a bit of new ball damage. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going with Lubbershane myself. There's okay. a, a bit of a rocky start, uh, Carl, particularly for the Aussies. But the, as, you, as you mentioned, they found some form late. And you, you mentioned about, you know, Lapachet. Like, it's obviously a decision that they've got to come up with and they've got to make the right one. But it's going to be a calculated one. You just mentioned if they lose a few uh, early ones, uh, he could certainly be able to fill that role. But on the flip side... If they hold their hands up and they're able to get through those, you know, those early overs, and maybe, you know, Stoinis is the man. Well, well, that's right. But you know, it may be Stoinis plays and doesn't even get a bat. Mm. Um, so, what what do you need? When do you need it? Yeah. What are you likely to need? Um, in a perfect world, Stoinis doesn't get a bat um, uh, or a bowl. You know, the, so he's there. He's great all-round ability and versatility. Um, but but we've got other all-rounders, and it's just if something goes wrong, what do we need most? And um, that's where I think you, you tick the minus Shane box. How much how much input does the senior players or the captain have in regards to who's this play who they do go with? Oh well, the captain clearly. Mm. Um, uh, there's there's selectors, but the captain's what he feels good about, what he thinks he needs most, how he thinks the games are going to unfold. Um, so the the captain's view of the world becomes paramount, and um, on occasion the selectors will override him if they feel strongly, but. I think the way selections have gone with the last few games for Australia, I think I think it looks like that's the way they're pointing anyway. Yeah. Obviously, Mitchell Stark will come in. Um, uh, that, that's a given. But um, it, yeah, the Stoinis-Lubbershane uh, debate will be the biggest one. But, yeah, and I, well, you know, could be wrong. But I, I think they'll go Marnus, and I think that's what I'd do. Hey, Mark, I was going to ask you, um, you've toured South Africa, you coached Zimbabwe, so you've spent a bit of time on the African continent. And and we've, we've dragged up these figures uh, since yesterday. Someone tracked them down. Since their readmission in 1991, they, they've played in 16 global events, tournaments, and haven't reached a final yet, South Africa. Is that something that will come into their mindset as they get ready for tomorrow's semi? Um, well, they'll have to firstly not be reading any newspapers um, because it'll be in other people's mindsets. Uh, there'll be talk about it. They won't be able to ignore it. Uh, and, and their conversation, it, it hasn't got to be cricket, any sport. Um, Corey, you would know if, yeah. if the team has, has got a bit of a monkey on the, on the shoulder. Yep. Um, clearly, you talk about, well, you know, it's time it turned around. And you go into a game and you're full of positive intent and 
You know, you've got no interest in thinking about what's happened in the past uh, until there's a little wobble, until there's a couple of bad overs or a drop catch in the field or until mm. you lose two quick wickets. And then suddenly that's where the mindset kicks in and that's, that's a vulnerability and that's um, uh, where things can go pear-shaped. So the fact that South Africa have this history on, on the one hand, uh, doesn't count. It's a new game, but it comes into play as soon as there's a wobble. It'll be there in their minds. And uh, yeah, I think this year is not the year for them to to uh, get the monkey off the back. And uh, we we win the game, and it continues. Beautiful. Hey, India, New Zealand. Just quickly, how? What are your thoughts there tonight? India going as hot favourites. Well, they are deservedly. They're unbeaten. They're in their backyard and they've got potent bowlers and they've got uh, tremendous batting. But um, New Zealand are a side that have had success against India in, in the past. Uh, the interesting thing about this tournament being in India, and I was I was thinking about this the other day, uh, there's been a lot of big scores made. There's been a lot of good performances. But part of that is how many players in the tournament, most of them, are very involved in the IPL. So they know the grounds, the conditions, the different venues. Uh, they're familiar with it. It's not It's not a whole new world for them. So New Zealand players, plenty of them playing in the IPL, um, yeah. they're comfortable in India. And, and they've got cricketers that can win games. And uh, Trent Belt takes two or three early ones at the top of the, top of the innings with the new ball. Um, suddenly India have got real pressure and there's this expectation on India of yeah, if they get their sails full of wind and, and just storm home unstoppable is one thing that could happen but um, suddenly if they're under pressure and with the expectation of the nation on them, uh, it's a different game and New Zealand have guys that can get runs and guys that can take wickets. They're a good side, they'll be confident. Um, India are the favourites so they've got nothing to lose and I don't think it's any foregone conclusion at all. No, that's uh, what all the experts seem to be saying. They tend to agree with you. Hey, uh, we re- we've run out of time, we think. I just want a quick one here from Muzz. Carl, advise, please. Heading up Preston Way or Proston Way shortly, what's the go-to meal at the Warulan Pub, is it? Is that how you pronounce it? The, the Warulan Pub, yeah. What's the go-to meal um, there, the counter meal? Uh, <laughs> Look, they... <laughs> They've got a good they've got a good menu in Warulan. Let's just face facts, um, but you go steak every time. Steak and chips, that, mushroom so. gravy, medium <laughs> rare. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Just Thank just you. Steak. We appreciate your time right. this morning. The great Carl Rackerman joining us there, uh, talking World Cup. We've got uh, your mate Vossi on the line, uh, talking draws and uh, getting his take on uh, what's been a, a vigorous off-season of negotiations involving some high-profile 5-8s. Vossi, good morning. Uh, uh, Paddy, to the contrary, I'm actually here for the golf tickets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can organise oh, that. First mate. Of all, I'm meaning a dirty word that they come with flights. Um, it's a great field, and I'd love to be there. Right, Corey, you. you can be my plus one. I will be your plus one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the board has lit, lit up and you've beaten the whole bloody lot of them. So. Beat them all. Beat them all. Fantastic. Beat them all. Hey, yeah. uh, let's talk about this draw. The, the cynic inside me says that whatever draw the Broncos get, the Sydney siders are going to blow up. That is true. Uh, that is true. And and that was always the bleeding obvious, uh, the, <laughs> the passage that Brisbane have in the draw. I've never known anything like it, boys. The analysis, dissecting, reaction to draw... 
um, the support of the clubs, the social media clips they're putting out, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I said yesterday on our breakfast show um, out of Sydney with Brandy, I don't relish the day after the draw because people ask you so many questions. Are you aware that the Dragons, blah, 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 yeah. don't play till round five, you know, and all of that. And you've got to go searching for it. But we had everyone so well-versed. They've done their homework. <laughs> they've, they've already got their boys' weekends away trip for when they play in Townsville. And, like, honestly, that's a great thing. You know, this is November. Um, this has generated so much publicity. Yes, there's controversy always, always will be. But the thing about the draw, may I say this, we are always starting from the imperfect base because each team doesn't play each other twice. So you've got to, you know, we're always going to be in a situation where there is um, those aghast at how things have panned out and and those that feel like they've got uh, a little better out of it. Vossi, your expertise, I mean, how does the draw get, Fabricated? Is it manipulated to suit certain yeah. sides? I mean, because, I mean, yes, the Broncos, you, you know, if you're south of the border, they've always got a Friday night game. They've always got a general, you know, seven day yeah. turnaround, et cetera. But if you're looking from the Dolphins' perspective, for example, they play the Brisbane Broncos on River Fire Night, which is an enormous event in Brisbane. They play yeah. the last game of Magic Round against the Tigers. Tigers. And they're going to go into the Origin games. Um, yeah, so they're going to play every, ma- every play match every before game. an so Origin game. So, do you, can you sort of give yeah. the listeners how does the draw get put together? Well, well, Corey, I didn't know I was working for Geeks R Us, but um, I'll try and answer from you're a the CEO of Geeks R Us, Fossey. But look, I tell you, we did reach out to the Canadian mob who are behind it. That is the truth. The right. NRL employ a company, I think they're called Optimal something or other, you know, and they have the program. But it's quite obviously they must be fed a degree of data to then spit back the draw, spit out the draw. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy process, Mm. but computers are pretty smart things. Yes. So I'm thinking, you know, there could be as many as 100 factors you write down that need to be data entered into the computer to come back with a draw. One of those things, Corey, and I I speak very serious about this, the five-day turnaround. Mm, That is such a stuff up in the draw that some teams, as in Canterbury, have no five-day turnarounds next year and others have three. Mm. That's not fair. That can be avoided. That's not right. That should be one of the top five or ten things out of the hundred that are listed. The Cowboys shouldn't play a Thursday night game, you know, being fair to their fans, and really Friday night. Like, if, you, if you're fair dinkum about doing the right thing for your sport in the draw, mm. I think that needs to be around. Like Hart Oval, no Sunday game. What? Mm. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's held as like the holy grail, a, a Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt Oval. We're going to go a year without the game? On a, like, that doesn't make sense to me that we can't come up and teams playing each other twice before everyone else has played everyone else once. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. No. That's To me, that's the indefensible. I see Uncle Nick not happy either with that. You're talking about all the, all the social media of events. Um, uh, the, yeah. dra- the Dragons have had a little bit of a, cack, a crack, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, the paper bags and the sombrero game. It must, get, it must wear very thick. Like I said on air this morning, it's a bit like with Hindy, the no premierships on Fox League. You occasionally raise it. Like, and he gets prickly about it. Can you imagine Nick having to, you know, I said, if you turned up at a party, you say, look, we're not going to talk about a sombrero, and then you offer him a tequila. Um, you know, I think you can, you can, 
You could get under his skin, couldn't you, quite easily. And he was very prickly in that interview with uh, with Danny Widler uh, last night. So there's no gag there at all to be had. Um, look, th- look, there, there's a case in point with the Roosters. Did you realise these were all raised by listeners yesterday that are looking after their club and have studied the draw inside out? So the Roosters do play South Sydney twice next year. Mm. Both times they play them coming off a five-day turnaround. The Roosters mm. will have had a five-day turnaround going into one of their headline matches twice yeah. during the year. How does, again, how does that happen yeah, when you've know. got other teams that don't have any five-day turnarounds? Hey, yeah. of, of, the, of the, the stuff away from draws, it seems the five-eights are grabbing all the attention. Luai, Mam and Dearden. Yeah. Dearden, wow, that's that's big coin, isn't it? I mean, I first watched Tom Dearden as a schoolboy and saw... Can I be honest? I When I watched and I saw players like Tom Weaver come through and, and Tommy Dearden and others... Um, Tanner Boyd come through his heart. I would say Tom Dearden as a schoolboy was better than Nathan Cleary. So I called Nathan Cleary playing for St Dominic's out of Penrith and they were playing in the second tier of the schoolboy draw. So Tom Dearden was always on the radar of everyone. Um, but uh, And he's played Origin and his toughness is, is, is without question. Does he, does he get to the elite bracket? Would, would he be the player... You know, and, and playmakers have to be the players you're building your side around. Yeah. I'm stopping short of doing that. I don't know whether I've seen yet that Tom did, and, and it's the same with like a Matt Burt at Canterbury. I didn't see it, and I don't think he's, he's, he's handled it, being, you know, a central playmaker at Canterbury. Mm. I'm not sure whether Tom Dearden needs that pressure. You tell me who the halfback is before I sign Tom Dearden. Ben Hunt ain't going to play forever. No. And we don't even know if he's going to stay. Well, I said this. So I need to know who the other playmakers are on the side before I outline out outlay say eight hundred and fifty for Tom Dearden. Well, yeah, I said this earlier, Vossi. I mean, the reality of it is, if they're offering Tom Dearden six fifty, he's leaving. Like that's just where it's yeah. at. I mean, you know, Ma'am yeah. Dearden and Luai. I mean, they're the three. Uh, let, let's call them young. Youngish, uh, you know, five eights in the competition, and 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 three of the best. Like Tom Dearden, what yeah. he brings, you know, it, it, that competitiveness, that winning, you know, that you know, Ezra Mam from what we saw in that grand final, that twenty minute period, there's is certainly elevating himself. If you're not prepared to pay these guys, there's other clubs that will, and you just spoke about, you know, Ben Hunt's not going to play forever. So if they're going to offer him six fifty, well, unfortunately, Cowboy fans, Tommy's not yeah. going to hang around. And 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 they you know they have um, stability around playmaker. I mean you know the the progression of Drinkwater at yes. fullback. He's become such a a dominant player. So that's where Tom Dearden fits in. But what I worry about, and it was the same with Burton going to Canterbury. Canterbury had no fullback. Yeah. Um, you know, no notable half. Uh, you know that put massive pressure on Matt Burton, and he just hasn't. You know it's it's pressure of the pay packet as well. Yeah. hasn't hasn't lived up. Now I I fear for Tom Dearden if he go like in isolation, he's he you know, he is worth that because the market demands that. Mm. But for his football playing ability, can he live up to that to that pay figure if he doesn't have the playmakers around him? So, you know I I, I would still like to see more of Tom Dearden. But look again, I'll never begrudge any player. No. Look if someone wants to pay him one point five, good yeah. luck. Go yeah. for it, Tom. Well, um, Jerome Luai, uh, he's controversial. At Penrith, I would have I, I would have signed Jerome Luai ahead of Dylan Edwards. Ooh. I just think the playmaker market is so the six and seven market is so thin 
And, you know, we've highlighted the fact, you know, Jerry, Jerry Evans, Hunt, Reynolds, mm. you know, you look at the age of these players, Sean Johnson, they're all at the right at the back end of their careers, potentially, that if you can have a club with a solid six and seven at the moment and premiership winning, you keep them together, boy, you're ahead of, you're ahead of the field by a yeah. long way. So that's why I think I think Jerome Luai and what I saw at the World Cup last year with Samoa. I mean, I think he can he can be the player, yeah. um, you know, for, for a number of years to come. Yeah, that that controls a team. It looks I don't know. You get it. What are the, what's the feeling you're getting with him? That you know, Corey's mentioned on our show this morning that look, yeah. he's won three premierships now. There's that deal of comfort. Exactly. Um, there's yeah. that deal of comfort. So does he go for another? Two or three hundred grand over a three hundred, you know, over a three-year deal or something. That's the thing. You got to you got to do the maths on it. You can say, well, oh, come on, he could probably stay at Penrith for you know one hundred and fifty less. But when you times that by mm. four or five, you know, of what a, a rival, and it may be as much as two hundred and fifty thousand more yeah. a year yeah, at okay. another club. Times that by four, that's a million. That's hard to knock back when, you, as, as you're highlighting, he's already got the three premierships in the bag. He's played a, a World Cup final at Old Trafford. You know, internationally, he's 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 in the he's on the bus with Samoa, so that's what's happened there. Premiership-wise, he's done that. He's played State of Origin. Now he's got family. And then and then um, there's that personal thing that sits within you know yourself that you go well yes you know I'm a good mate Nathan Cleary's on 1.3 or 4 whatever he might be on and I'm on 6 or 7 so effectively he's you know 5 600,000 more than I am well hang on a minute well, I'm I'm doing a fair job here I probably deserve something else but ultimately and I said this earlier the ultimate currency in any form of sport is premierships or, or championships and he's got three of them so now it's yeah. I, I I don't see him hanging around unless they up their value Mm. Okay. I, I am prepared to go with you on that one, Corey. I think it. Gee, imagine having that. Imagine having that discussion with your with your other half, like mm. your better half. Mm. Like, well, you know what? I'm going to stay at Penrith, <laughs> and I'm going to accept one million dollars less to stay. Yeah. That'd yeah, be a, mm, that'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah, you know where that conversation's going to go. Hey, we're, you're on overtime for us now. The, the least we can do is send you a couple of tickets to the Fortinet Australian PGA oh, Championship. With plane tickets. Uh, no, it can be a Greyhound bus if you like. I'll come up on bus to watch that field. I love I love walking around uh, the golf. It's um, an absolute, uh, you know, an ambience and an atmosphere like no other sport for mine. I think, with, and, and when you've got the big names and you can follow around and you hear the roar from around the course, no, that's going to be a great, a great event. So, and so Heels has got the spicy cough for the monkey pox. What's he got? He's, he's yes, got he's, he's, he's got just, it all. He's apparently. feeling a bit crook. He's, he's missing out on the wedding of the century, the Brayshaw wedding over in Perth. So uh, uh, not not happy about that. Ship, he was on that cruise ship that just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, he, was he ground zero? Was he patient number one off the cruise? Well, I hope he wasn't. I've been sharing. I've been sharing a studio with him all week. Oh, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Go and have a break. You deserve it. You've been toiling all morning. Yeah, yeah no, no, great to be on the program. And Corey, Corey, mate, can you look up? I've noticed on the social uh, video clips that you send out, and most are without a shirt, mate, can you look after yourself over the summer? Don't let yourself go. Okay? I'll do my best. Hey, uh, enjoy <laughs> Vegas too, Voss, if I don't get to talk to you beforehand. <laughs> oh, is that right? Mm. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. Oh. Need to go over a month early if they need. <laughs> Thank you, Vossie. <laughs> Bye now. See you.